Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Welcome back to another edition of the Internet's most dangerous Tottenham Hotspur podcast. It's Wheeler Dealer Radio, and boy, do we have two games to talk to you about today. Uh, Before we get into that and make you sad, uh, don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes and Spotify, and also uh, maybe follow us on Twitter at WDR Podcast. That's WDR as in Wheeler Dealer Radio. I'm your host, Greg, and this week I am joined by two of my regular partners in crime, uh, coming to us from... The wilds of South Florida. It is Brian Ashlock. Brian, how, how did you keep your mood up this week? Alcohol. <laughs> I don't think that's up. I think that's down. I mean, depends. I mean, I'm not particularly melancholy uh, when drinking. Uh, normally, sure. Um, and then, obviously, you you know the other way. So we don't need to address it. <laughs> keep it yeah. Moving. So, so actually, uh, because you're in Miami, which is worse, the Hurricane or the Spurs game? Honestly, Hurricane, totally fine here. Um, they uh, In other parts of Florida, horrible. Um, you know, that it's, it's really very uh, unfortunate. It's, a, it's a, one of the perils of living in Florida. Um, but here on the east coast of Florida, totally fine. Well, we're glad you're okay. Uh, sorry, I didn't knock out your cables, so you didn't have to. So you couldn't watch these games. Uh, we're cu- glad you can make light of the dead for your little jokes, Craig. <laughs> I try. I yeah, try. you really put me on the spot there. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know a number for them to text. I don't have a <laughs> donation website. No, like, you got to you got to give them your Venmo. If they send it to you, Brian, you can uh, give it to needy people on the slopes throughout Florida. Yeah, I'm not donating anything. <laughs> I mean, Man. I personally am, but I, if you send it to me, I'm not going to then pass it on. Brian's just a poor country lawyer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> ben, what what uh, charitable causes have you been contributing to this week? Uh, I've been giving money to James Cameron's Pandora Fund. Oh, that's right. I forgot. You're an Avatar fan. How did I forget about this? The most embarrassing thing about you. <laughs> hey, nothing the embarrassing. Most? No. One of the most embarrassing things about you. Nothing embarrassing about a 3D trip to the bioluminescent paradise of Pandora, Greg. <laughs> ben, there's 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 a little there's one or two things that are embarrassing about that. I honestly forgot that that was the name of their little planet. Like, I, I wanted for you. I that wanted to make a joke about uh, what you know players on Spurs would best be like. Would, would be both suited to becoming a blue alien thing, but I can't remember the name of the aliens in there, and I hope Ben is about to, like, inform me. Is the ooh, ooh I know this. I know this one. Aren't they, like, the Navi or the Navi or something like that? Ben, do you have the proper pronunciation? No, Brian got it. Second time around. <laughs> yes. So, I see you, Brian Ashlock. So That's what... Right. Uh, That's right. What uh, Spurs player would most like to be a Navi, is it, uh, and why is it Eric Dyer? It's, it's got to be Is someone with better guy? hair, right? Or would it be Brian Heal because he's so yeah. tired of being pushed around? 
Yeah, you can put him in like a 12 foot tall cat body. Maybe he'd be useful off the bench. I think if Brian Hill was a 12 foot tall cat person, he probably wouldn't be riding the bench for Spurs. No. He'd be starting for Sevilla, probably. No, he'd be starting for Burnley, but you know. Yeah. Well, but he's blue, so probably not. <laughs> good point. Very good point. Isn't that basically just Erling Holland? Well, no, but wouldn't they think he's just a Celt or something? Well, that's another problem. Yeah. Mm. So, lots mm. of issues here. So, I think we're doing a good job of not talking about the game so far. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Yeah, I so, mean, look, it really was a wonderful experience. The 3D technology has just only improved in the last 13 years. That 4K remaster looks great. It's just it's just a wonderful way to take your mind off things. How, how is like, Sam Worthington's performance in, in, in 4K, Ben? It's honestly not as bad as I remember. God, especially having oh just rewatched, God. Especially having just rewatched Pacific Rim and seeing how bad Charlie Hunnam was in that movie, he makes Sam Worthington look like Tom Cruise. Okay, all right. That's, has Worthington been in anything like of note since then? Avatar Two: The Way of Water comes right, yeah, yeah. well, okay. December. Aside from the Avatar franchise, is he in like a Transformers movie? Or... That sounds like the kind of thing he would be in. Is he a member of Arsenal's like starting eleven? Is that that's is that a thing that would have had? He's too part big of for a that. Fast and Furious spinoff. He was randomly a Mormon on that uh, Under the Ban- Banner of Heaven show with Andrew Garfield. That weird what? <laughs> Mormon murdered. I, I did not realize that, show. and I watched that entire show. So yeah. maybe if you don't watch it on the slopes, you'll pick up on these things, Brian. Maybe I just don't know what Sam Worthington <laughs> looks like when he's not blue. <laughs> he just inhabited that role so completely. Maybe tell. maybe if you could have yeah. examined his bioluminescence in exciting 4K, it would have like really locked into your memory there, Brian. Uh, yeah, I think I would have. Do you think any other Spurs podcast has talked about Avatar this much? Ever? So no. <laughs> I don't know. There, there were probably some bad results in two thousand nine that, that some other Spurs podcasters didn't want to talk about. Were there podcasts in two thousand nine? Yeah, Are we like, ever like going to talk about show. this game? Spurs <laughs> shows that old, right? Like, or are the guys on there just like seventy years old? I, I can't remember. So. I don't know. We've done the math about how long this show has been around before, and that's usually an after-podcast feature. Um, <laughs> and so we can do it now uh, if everybody's well, curious. Well, talk and... about fucking North London Derby and the game against uh, against uh, Who did we Frankfurt. play? Who did yeah, we play? Yeah, Eintracht Frankfurt. Yeah. <laughs> I think they, they, it was a team of Navi, wasn't it, Ben? Isn't, isn't that who we played today? That's right. And Harry Kane liked them so much, he decided that he would turn coats and uh, play for them. Yeah, I think that's exactly what happened. Um, well, I think it's time for us to leave the exciting world of Pandora before we return to it this December. Only I'm in depressed theaters. already. <laughs> well, much much like um, uh, that uh, Sam Rockwell, there we go. I actually remember his name. Going back to Earth after he's been kicked out at the end of... At the end of Avatar, so not in the movie, not the guy. <laughs> Who is it? Who's, yeah. Oh, it's not. Giovanni oh no. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. He kind of he kind of looks like a Mexican non-union Sam Rockwell, <laughs> or an Italian non-union Sam Rockwell. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> not sure who that was more offensive to, the Italians or the or the Simpsons or Sam Rockwell. Um, <laughs> yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, yeah. So let's leave the magical world of Pandora uh, and. 
you know, we'll t- we're the, we're, we're the unobtainium we're going to talk about is a good performance. Uh. <laughs> unobtainium. God, that was in that movie. Oh, was that what it was? It wasn't called that, was it? Did I mess that up? It- no, it was called that. Look, hey, it's a real <laughs> science term. It dates back to the fifties. James Cameron has just done his homework, and y'all aren't ready for that. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't like revise that at all in the remaster. They didn't like, hey, we're <laughs> going to change it to adamantium. I know that's an X Men, but you know it's better. Yeah, what's the what's the Wakanda stuff? Vibranium. Yeah, Vibranium. see, that's better. It is. It is better. It is. It's, it's much it's better. Definitely better than much like Spider Man. It's stupid, yeah, but it works. You can't it. Brian, <laughs> but, but they, they did obtain the it. The movie, they had it. <laughs> they are obtaining wow. unobtainium. It sounds like you guys don't remember it really well. You really ought to pay your local Cineplex. Uh, there is a mining operation. They obtained a lot of it. <laughs> Not Sam Rockwell had it on his desk. That's a that's that's a definition of obtained. All right. Uh, so now we're going to leave the magical world of Pandora for good. <laughs> See, you can't. You can't leave the magical world of Pandora. No, I've got to be here for six seven sequels. It, to you, it connects its hair to your hair, and you're in. <laughs> See? So, the uh, North London Yeah, Darby. so now that we're talking about hair sex, <laughs> let's talk about the North London Darby. Somehow worse than hair sex. Um, I feel like both of these games are... Of the same vein, although I think the Frankfurt game was better, obviously, for a variety of reasons. But they're both these games that I think it probably feels worse than it is, but it's still not particularly fun. So I can't tell if it's bad or just the aesthetics of it are bad. Um, ben, I'll start with you as our resident, you know, Navi. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think the dog was just plain bad. Like... The first half was like fine-ish. We got a penalty, and that made things feel kind of even going into the break. But second half was like a disaster from from kickoff, and it never got better, and it only got worse. Frankfurt was just we had a lot of chances that somehow didn't go in, and it, we made hard work out of a very winnable game. So they're both frustrating, but Darby was embarrassing. That was bad. That was I bad. Mean, it was it was bad. I don't know if I call it embarrassing. Were you embarrassed? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I um, but that's just me personally, and that's how I live my life. Um, no, I, I just you know the performance wasn't good. Um, Arsenal played well. You know, credit to them for whatever it's worth. Um, and, and I don't know. It just. There, there's been a lot of, you know, talk on Twitter and in blog posts and The Athletic and whatever. So anything we say about it isn't going to necessarily be new in terms of, like, what we thought the issues were. But, like, it just is the breakdown in the final third. Like, that is what the problem has been all season. Like, it, it is it – is, you know, the, the, the things that were working in the spring of last season, when we were firing on all cylinders, when we were blowing teams out of the water, when Kane and Son were scoring goals for fun, like that stuff isn't happening anymore. And whether that's a product of the patterns or it's a pattern of or, or a product of the players being bad, it just like it sucks now. Well, and and we're not doing it. And obviously in these the two games that we're talking about today, cool chefsky's out. But this is a problem that to, to some extent or another has been going on with 
Kulishevsky all year. Well, but like, I think um, I think it was Ryan in our in our writers' room uh, that that said like, our plan really relies on everybody in this team playing really well. Like our plan under Conte does not work if one or two players have a average or below average performance. And that's especially true of anybody that we rely on to progress the ball, whether that is Perisic, Romero, um, Bentancur, Hoybier, Kulisevsky, you know, whatever. If, if some of those guys perform either average or below average, our system just doesn't work because we have no real passers in this team and no real plan B for progression if the patterns don't work. And so that's the frustrating thing is, is so often this season the patterns haven't worked or one or two of those guys have either been unavailable or if they haven't been available, they haven't played well. And we just haven't looked all together. Yeah, it's incredibly disjointed and it's, surprising because like most of this team played together and has played together for some time. And I don't know why they seem to look like strangers out there, but I think you're right, Brian, that it's a, it's a system of play that is so regimented and relies on the team functioning as a unit that there's a, there's not a lot of room for, and not a lot of guys who can provide just sort of like individual flair to make something happen out of nothing when that system isn't, you know, firing like a well-oiled machine. Um, But more problematically, it's just not moving like a machine like it's supposed to. And it's worrisome. I mean, if if you tell me to look at this team and, like, what's different from last year, I mean, to me, it's the sort of – it's the crispness because I actually think you are seeing some of the final passes, but, like, they're mistimed, they're too early, they're too late, they're weighted a little too heavily – or when they are timed correctly, like Sun can't get on it. The ball gets stuck under Kane's feet. You know, it's it's no one's in sync. Everyone's just a little bit sloppy, a little bit slow. Like I don't, and I, we I know we talked about this on this podcast, and other like Brian said, we're not talking about we're not we're we're, we're not talking about anything anyone else hasn't talked about. But to my eyes. It's not like teams are playing us differently. Like, do you remember last year when, like, every team sort of discovered, like, well, if you press Spurs, it kind of messes them up? Like, I don't think we're seeing something like that. Like, I think you're seeing guys get, like, especially in the final third, get, you know, other players are banging on them a little bit. But I'm not seeing, like, a – like, it doesn't feel like teams are doing this, like, one simple trick that Spurs can't handle. It's just, like – all the passes are a little bit sloppier. All the, you know, all the moves in the final third aren't clicking. And, you know, like, I think, I think it's Hoiberg and, um, and Benton Kerr are just, they're not bad, but like you said, Brian, they're just, they're a little average right now. They're not as sharp as they were last year. They're not moving as quickly or as decisively. And then you've got Son who, you know, the ball keeps getting stuck under his feet. He's not timing his runs correctly. Even Kane, I think, who has been productive this year. I mean, if this is like Kane at his worst, I think that tells you how good a player he is. Um, you know, it's just, it, it all looks out of sync. And obviously that is, that's been a problem with Kulishevsky, but I think it's obviously worse without him. 
Um, it's just frustrating because it's not like these, you know, I mean, we talk about Emerson Royale, and I know Ben has like a blood oath against him, but like it's not like this team wasn't able to figure out how to be productive with Emerson Royale on the pitch last year. Like we managed it. We figured it out. We did it against good teams. Um, yeah. I... So I don't know what it is. It's just, they don't look like they're in sync. They don't look like they're on the same page and barring one or two players, it's the same guys every week that were out here last year. So I'm not sure what it is. Yeah. And I mean, you know, the core of this team has, you know, not only played together under, the current manager, but they've also played together for significant portions of time under prior managers. Like, you know, the Kane and son connection is we've had that for, you know, years now. So like them not being able to link up all of a sudden or, or them, you know, being a little bit off is a little concerning. I, mean, I guess my, to, to me, son's dip in form is, is the least, I don't want sure. to say least concerning. It's the most understandable part of all this. Like he's just off and it is what it is. Fair. And I, but I think my biggest area of concern is I don't I don't know if this season right now is regression to the mean or if where we are right now is going to come back up to the mean. Like that's my question. It well, like was last season us running at like 95th, 98th percentile of what this Conte team is capable of, or is this season an underperformance? And based on Conte's kind of post-match comments and the pre-match comments coming into the Frankfurt match, it sounds like the patterns are doing what they're supposed to and Conte feels fine with it and he can teach football to anybody. And so this just is what it is. And that's the thing that concerns me. Like if this is what Conte's vision is and not, or well, not what his vision is. His vision is obviously what we had last season, but if, if what the reality of Spurs is, is this and what we had before was 98th percentile, like this isn't going to be fun for the next six or eight months. I mean, I have no idea what our what our level is, what our you know ceiling is, what our floor is. It's just it's just frustrating. We've talked about this before, just to see him persist with things that don't work. And you know, we talk about the midfield of Ben Cor and Hoyberg. It doesn't work against a three man midfield. They just aren't good enough to not get pressed out of the game, not get harried too much, not, you know, to be able to find space to pick passes. And they got overran very badly by Arsenal's midfield. And, like, we know this. And, like, we had seen Conte bring on Basuma, and who I know is apparently carrying some kind of injury um, from international break. But, like, skips on the bench, you know, like, you can do something to match up with them in midfield, and he just chooses not to, and then you know, we're down and he has no ability to now change the game to something that's more progressive and less reactive because he already did the progressive thing and it got blown up. And, you know, it's like all, all of the fixes that we talked about last spring, you can basically pin on Kulishevsky and the way that he transformed our ability to move the ball up and down the pitch and to create chances in the final third. And, 
you know, we just keep seeing week after week that that front three of Kane, Son, and Richarlison does not have enough outside of, you know, goal scoring to really make that function. And when they're not goal scoring, they really offer very little. And so, like, again, these are... I think I don't see a a better version of these 11 guys who played against Arsenal or who played against Frankfurt that's, like, meaningfully better over the course of a season. It's just I don't know that we can, you know, rely entirely on, like, one guy to make this semi-functional. I think we saw that's it last like. year, though. Like, I mean, even without Kulishevsky, this team was better than this in stretches. Like, I'm not saying they didn't have problems, but... I don't know. Maybe it is other teams just figured this out to an extent. I mean, you know, in some way, even in these games, I think it's worth pointing out, like the Arsenal game, which was a pretty ugly game and not, I think, something that you really want to see this team doing. But it's like there was a measure of control in that game, at least in the first half. Certainly before, I, I, I think, you know, before the red card, I think that was a game that we were controlling to some extent, or at least controlling Arsenal's chances. It's, 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 there is a bit of a plan here. It's just the progression seems broken in a way that it doesn't feel like it should be this broken. Like, I think we've seen even Bentoncourt and, and Hoiberg, like, shuttle the ball at the pitch better than we, than they currently are doing. I mean, I don't know if it's Kane needs to drop, drop deeper and start spraying passes again. I'm not sure what it is, but I do think there is a better, version of these 11 players than we're seeing right now because I think we saw it last year. And, I mean, again, you put Kulishevsky in this team and that does solve a lot of problems. In theory, it should solve a lot of problems. I know it hasn't this entire season, but, you know, I think it certainly would have helped these last two matches. Sure. And, I mean, look, I don't I don't disagree with you that, you know, individuals and, and portions of this have played well at times. And even in this match, we were able to – exert or this match being the arsenal match even in that match we were able to exert a little bit of control on the game at times but like this is not what any of us were thinking this season was going to look like and, and and look we're still what in the top three top four based on points so us us complaining and being negative right now is you know within a very narrow set of parameters. Like, the, the results are largely fine, and our issue is they don't look as pretty as we want them to, and also our biggest rival is better than us. And so that, as a fan, is problematic. But, like, the actual stuff that's happening is largely fine. But if you look at the window we had and the money we spent and the things that we did and, you know, the way we talked about the window on this show even – we're like, oh, look at all this great depth we signed and all these things we did. And we this is good. And like this is going to make us a better team because, you know, we've got such a busy schedule and da 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 da. And, and while some of those things were true, we're playing the same 13 guys. And we're not doing much in the way of game changing substitution. We're not changing formations. We're not changing tactics. We're not like, there's there's just like there's nothing like this is Antonio Conte football and he's like we're just gonna do it and we're gonna bang your heads against the wall until I say you're not gonna do it anymore and I'm 
I just want it to be better. And it's so frustrating because he's so good. And we're going to have another manager who net, who always wins stuff and doesn't win anything at Spurs. Greg muted, muted, Greg. Yeah, you fucking chump. No, my, my kid was crying in the background. So, you know, that's just me being a Excuses. professional. Yeah, my kid's band. always crying in the background, but you don't hear me bringing it up. Yeah, because you don't have a kid, Brian. Um, you know, yeah. Technicalities. So, um, I, I, it's worth pointing out, just because Basum is not featuring now, doesn't mean it's a bad signing eventually. Like, I mean, these are guys who might come through eventually, and just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't, you know, make it a bad signing. But it is frustrating to see that even if you thought those were good purchases we're just we're not using them right now and you know there's a level at which you know you have to trust the manager when he says these guys aren't ready and you know he's seeing them in training and yada 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 but at the same time it is irritating to see us not trying anything differently like to me it's not even like oh why isn't Bentoncourt getting a getting a you know getting rolled out instead of I don't know Hoiberg whoever to me, the frustration is like the three-five-two looked pretty damn lively against Leicester. I mean, why yeah. are we trying different looks and different formations? Like, if this isn't getting the job done, because I, I mean, it's one match. Leicester is completely terrible this year, so I don't want to read too much into it. But it like, it seems to me part of the problem this year has been, if not controlling the midfield, doing something with the midfield, and that was the most we've looked like able to run a midfield all season and again it was like 40 30 minutes whatever the hell it was against Leicester so I don't want to get too carried away but you know it's like if this isn't working let's try that even if it's just for some of the match like you don't have to necessarily do it the whole time but you know like god like rest of like especially with Kulishevsky out like I think the whole argument for not going to a 3-5-2 is like well what the hell do you do with Kulishevsky in a 3-5-2 so if he's out like let's try something but I, I don't know again i do think this feels a little bit worse than it is it's just that it's kind of also boring to watch yeah it's terrible to watch i mean that's really like the crux of it is we've been effective in patches and ineffective in other patches but it's just not fun to watch this team right now and that amplifies the problems in our minds i think so so significantly I don't know. I don't know that, like, again, it was like we saw a spring where this was a fun way of playing football. We didn't and... just see a spring. It was like, I mean, we had some bad patches, but it was most of the second half of the season. Like, Yeah, like the spring. That's well, like the winter, second too. Half of the I mean, it wasn't, I'm saying it's not like six weeks here. It, it was like months of pretty fun football. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, I don't, like, I don't think any any of us are calling for, like, weird radical changes, like, as much as I want to see... Oh, Ben Sar- probably wants to make Hugo Lloris a left-back, so let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, that's, that's probably true, but, you know... Well, like- he seems to be falling apart as a goalkeeper, so... <laughs> Maybe it wouldn't be the worst. I mean, that's worth like- pointing out. As bad as the Arsenal match was, part of the reason we were losing is Hugo threw the ball in the net twice, so... Yeah, uh, and Royale got a red card. That didn't help. Well, I, mean, um, I was sort of referring to before that, but yes, that, that too. Um... You know, I, I think, you know, I'm not calling for Sar to, like, start and, pl- and like, be the thing that changes this. Or Brian Heal. Like, I'm not stupid. Uh, not in that way. I'm not stupid in that way. Um, but, like, you know, there's got to be something within the personnel that we have to try something. Whether it's the 3-5-2, whether it's 
playing four, two, three, one, or, you know, anything else. Like I just something like, like this isn't, this isn't like we said, it's not fun. It's not enjoyable. It's It's especially not enjoyable when we lose to Arsenal. And it's weird because I would say this game against Frankfurt in isolation, if just taking it in isolation is like, acceptable in its own way frankfurt apparently from talking to the bundesliga people that we know they drag every game in the mud we created a, like i would say a dozen decent scoring chances in this game and somehow like our four best ones just flew away from the net like i mean it was the kind of game that we have seen under multiple managers where it's just like you know what you're playing well enough to win it just doesn't happen for you the other team's playing really defensively and it is what it is you're on the road in the Champions League. It's just, you know, it's it's what it is. And, you know, in isolation, that's the kind of game you can write off. It's just, like you said, Brian, like, these games, especially games like the Arsenal game where you're not producing, like, there is a video going around of, like, the chances that we were creating in the Arsenal game that didn't go in. And it was, like, four or five. It wasn't a ton of chances. I mean, they were good chances, and another day one goes in and it might change the complexion of the game, but it wasn't a ton. This game... You know, this game against uh, Frankfurt, like, there were a lot that didn't go in. And I think, you know, if Conte wants to come out and said we deserve to win, I think he's more correct, you know, about the Frankfurt game than the Arsenal game. But we just see these games where it's like it's not connecting, like they're not getting the ball into the final third. And it's just, yes, they're controlling the defense in such a way that they are limiting the other team's chances. But if you're not producing a coherent attack, which is something that, one way or another, Conte's team was pretty much doing ever since he got here last year, uh, or last season. You know, it's like you're kind of asking for it at a certain point because you're not putting the other team under enough pressure to sort of get away with, you know, your rear guard action. And one of the, yeah, go ahead, Ben. I was just saying one of the things I'm really puzzled about. You mentioned that video. It was like four or five counterattacks with a final pass just didn't quite come off. And I was watching that video, and, like, the first three clips in that video are all Sun receiving the ball deep by midfield, turning and misplaying the ball. And then the next one is, like, him misplaying it to Richarlison, who then misplays it to Kane. And then the last one was Richarlison misplaying the ball to Kane. And I'm watching this, and I'm like, you know, Jose Mourinho figured out that Harry Kane is the guy who should be making that pass for Sun to run onto more than it should be the other way around, because Kane is the guy who, like, has that skill set in his locker. Son isn't really as accomplished a passer. And, again, we watched it against Frankfurt today where it was just Kane was playing very high and Son and Richarlison were, like, coming back to midfield to kind of muck it up and try and get on the ball and spring these counters. And, like, they're just not the guys who are capable of doing that. And I'm very confused why Conte isn't allowing the one passing guy we have on the field drop into a position where he can actually impact the game and connect that to the front line. Like having Richarlison and Son running in front of Kane makes way more sense than Kane posting up high and hoping Richarlison's going to get him the ball. Because Richarlison can't fucking pass the ball. The only thing I'll say is that, you know, there's that clip of Conte when he's commentating on the Euros and talking about how if he was managing Harry Kane, he would want him to be in the penalty box and not, you know, dropping deep to facilitate and blah, 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 because, you know, Harry Kane's a great finisher, and that's where he scores his goals, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, That's the only 
logical explanation for that. But I, I agree with you. Like he is the passing in, you know, the kind of the, the front part of this team. And so like, if he's not the one making those, those passes, that's a problem for us. But last year it felt like he figured out a way to do both. Like, honestly, like, I mean, I, yeah, it involved Kulishevsky. Yeah. Well, but I mean, yes, but even before Kulishevsky was here, I mean, obviously Kane can't get on his bike like he used to, but I see what you're saying. But I think part of the problem too is, and I think Kane's actually done this with Richarlson on occasion this year where he is facilitating Richarlson, but you know, son is just like, I mean, God, that guy can't get out of his own way. Aside from those 10 minutes against Leicester or 15 minutes, whatever the hell it was like, and this is another one when he does get on the balls, he doesn't know what to do with it. I mean, he had like two or three chances today. And I know we hold son to like a really high standard because he is an exceptional finisher, but like he had two or three today where like he didn't even get a shot on target out of it. And, you know, normally he at least like can pop one off, but you know, he gets on the balls, and he just, like, even he can't, like, get, you know, he starts running at players, and he doesn't do the same job that he used to. Like, I don't know what it is, but, and frankly, like, the thing is, like, I said I said it to Brian earlier tonight, like, I can understand Sun being in a rough patch. That's, like, I think the easiest thing about what's wrong at Spurs to sort of, like, wrap my head around. What I can't wrap my head around in regards to that is why it's fucking everything else up. Like, because we've seen, maybe not to this extent, we've seen Sun, like, have a dry spell before. And it doesn't, like, it's not fun, and it's probably cost us some games, but it hasn't, like, broken everything to this extent. Welcome to the patterns. Yeah, but, I mean, I feel like there were periods last year where Sun just wasn't, maybe there weren't. Maybe maybe I'm misremembering that. Um, Certainly not to this extent. No, like, I feel like the whole thing of Sun last year was that, like, he never really had a rough patch. He was just on fire all season, and that's why he finished with the golden boot. Especially after Conte got here, whereas now it's it's not so good. Yeah, I mean, you know, the only time he looked good was coming off the bench against Leicester this season. And I mean, and like, maybe we need is, to try that again. And the thing to me, and obviously that's not what was going on these last two games, but it's very clear to me that, I mean, if there's anyone anyone that Richarlson should be swapped in and out for, it's Son, and not from a like Son's bad perspective, but like that's the position that Richarlson plays. And yeah, I think Richarlison subs for him or Kane. Yeah, exactly. It's like putting him in for Kulishevsky, which, I mean, we did by sort of circumstance these last two games. But I feel like Conte keeps sort of doing that with his substitutions earlier in the season. Like, it doesn't make sense to me because, like, Richarlison's not a great ball carrier. He's not a great passer. What he is is he's – what he is good at is dribbling in tight spaces and shooting and – you know, and getting on the ends of crosses. And, you know, those are the things that Kulishevsky and Kane can facilitate. And Yeah, I, I think the weird thing about the sun broken patch right now is is that before now, really only Harry Kane broken patches affected the whole team this way. Yeah. And so it's very weird that Kane has been largely pretty good, um, you know, in At terms minimum, of fine. Yeah, and and we have still been. I hesitate to say bad because, like, yeah, results think, wise, I, totally fine. Again, I think you're right because I think like the Arsenal game is an example of like before, at least until the red card. Like, I, it's not good. It's frustrating, but it's not as bad as it feels. Is the way I would put it, and it feels pretty fucking bad. Like. I don't know what it is about this team. It feels like it doesn't matter who the managers or who the players are. We just cannot play well at the Emirates. I mean, 
We always go out there. And frankly, like, the thing that I found most irritating about that game is, like, I mean, put aside our expectations or whatever. It's just, like, with Conte, with, like, the quality of our team, like, I just want to see some manager go for it at the Emirates. And I feel like we haven't seen that since, like, that League Cup game with Deli Alley um, when Unai Emery was still there. I mean, it feels like every time we go to the Emirates, we're on the back foot. And I don't know how it keeps happening because we've been better than Arsenal for, like, most of a decade now. And I just – I'm tired of seeing us, like – you know, I at least want to, like, throw haymakers with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, I mean, Conte doesn't want us to throw haymakers. He wants us to be on the back foot and absorb pressure and pick our spots. Well, then, and it's like – got to be clinical about that, man. Like, I, like right. I don't have a problem if it works, but, like – I mean, I think that's right. That's exactly the thing is the system just demands a level of perfection from guys who are either not good enough or not in great form right now. And so, you know, we don't create enough scoring opportunities to really get away with the imperfections in Sun and Richarlison and whoever's game right now. And our, our defense hasn't been strong enough to not give up goals, you know, when we're put under pressure. Um I guess you're just seeing weaknesses in the system that even at our worst, we weren't showing last year, or at least not in this way. And that's what I find a little perplexing. Again, it, like I said, it all feels worse than it is. But I think given how we played last year, we were really expecting to kick on. Even if you didn't like the window, I think you'd expect us to kick on. Um, you know, like it's a whole it's a whole season in his system. He had a preseason. You know, these guys should understand it. They're all largely excellent or good players. You put Paris. Right. You figure everyone would be better at executing the patterns after this summer and, and more time with Conte. And we even, look even more if, disjointed and less connected. Yeah, even if Son is like having an off period, like you'd still think we'd just look a little more secure. And we, I mean, these guys look like they just started playing together, is the best way I can put it. Um, you know, now I think if you're looking for positives, I thought the back three played pretty well today against, against, um, Frankfurt, I thought they did a good job of creating out of the back, which I think was not supplemented by the rest of the team for most of the match. But I did think that was an improvement today. Um, I thought Longley was getting involved in the attack way more than he has been, which, you know, there's a guy who actually has an excuse for looking like he needs to bet in. I just don't think he's very good. I mean, I think we should replace him with someone better next year, but I thought he was fine today. I think it's frustrating. I mean... I think it's I think it's frustrating because we said at the beginning of the summer how much all this money that we had that you know Joe Levy and or, or, or Joe, Levy's, Lewis. Joe Lewis and Daniel Levy some combination of them Joe Levy as I said um, and you know put some money in and we had a hundred and fifty million pounds to spend and we spent it I don't know like we we didn't break the bank for Bestoni or for Guardiola, or however you say his name, or you know any any of these guys, while Chelsea bought seven defenders who are all old, but like could have been good for Spurs. But like, I just I, I don't know. Like Longley, Longley annoys me just because of the reason why he exists. Like he he'd have to be amazing for me to like get over that initial annoyance. Um, but like he he's just not that great. He's, he's not fine. enough. He's of not, an upgrade problem. Over ben he's not the problem with this team. I mean, yeah, I, I look, I 
said my piece on the window many times. Everybody yelled at me for being a doomer, and I'm 100% correct, so whatever. You've been, uh, yeah, you hate it for Charleston. He's play. great, so, you know. He's been fine. Like, he was okay today. He was okay against Arsenal. Like, he, he's got some good energy. He's a good finisher when he gets, you know, in, in dangerous positions. I think he's a useful backup, but, like, we spent the bulk of our money on a backup who's now forced to start, and we look worse for it, so... Well, that's you why know, you I'm spend not... money on a backup, but like, yeah, that's why we should have spent a backup money on a backup for Kulishevsky, which I was screaming for all summer, and we didn't buy. You know, I know we missed out on Erickson for whatever reason, but like, we were looking at guys, we were looking at Malinowski, we were looking at Madison, we were looking at uh, who was the other guy? Uh, it seemed Paqueta. like the one that was, re- that was close to happening was the Malinowski one, which like they just weren't willing to sell. But I, mean, I don't know, yeah. like Fabio's cooking; for... he needs to have op planes B, C, and D, so. That's right, and none of them came off. Um, no, I mean, Longley, like, I was hoping that, you know, he would demonstrate that he was, you know, a kind of brilliant passer that would compensate for his defensive limitations. And so far, we've gotten some decent long passing out of him, but, like, defensively, I don't feel like he's been a liability. Like, that part of the, the concern around him from Barcelona, I don't think is really manifested. He hasn't been the guy to, like, put us under tons of pressure or make a catastrophic mistake, like say Emerson does all the time um who's supposedly like a really good defender even if he's not a good attacker uh do like the Navi have some like challenge system like where they all stand in a circle like (laughs) something that you can like do with Emerson Royale yeah they could could, could put their brains together and finally understand one another no I don't think I think that's the opposite of what (laughs) Ben is looking for in this situation but it's what he needs Brian it's what he needs he just needs to spend another million dollars on private training (laughs) just god to follow that story up with the fucking performance and red card that he had against Arsenal was just perfect um yeah I think the big my big problem with the window is it remains the wingbacks like Perisic does not look like a guy who's at the top of his game. His delivery has been great. He crosses the ball very well. His set pieces have been wonderful and been a huge source of goals for us. But in the open field, he just does not look sharp, especially defensively. Um, and, you know, that was our that was our big wingback solution. And it didn't work or isn't isn't solving the problem uh, enough to get away with still playing Emerson yeah, on the I mean- right. Like I, yeah. I'm, I'm more hopeful that a guy like Parrish and Basuma are like, like I like more so than a guy like Heal. Like I am, I am hopeful that, that those kinks are going to get ironed out sooner or later. Right. I mean, look, it's been 20 percent of the season, which is like by now you'd think some of these kinks would have been ironed out. But the good news is we're in a very good position in the table, so that. Do so we fire Conte you know, and hire Nuno? <laughs> right. You know, it does still like it does still feel like we're just not that far away from everything clicking into place. Like if next week it happened, it wouldn't be like the most shocking thing in the world. It just needs to fucking happen already. But that's the thing that I think is so, I think that's the thing that doesn't get talked about. That's not something I've heard a lot talked about. And certainly how I feel watching this team is like, yes, it's hard to watch. Yes. It's a little frustrating, Part of the reason I think it's so frustrating is it's it's almost there. Like these transitions that aren't coming off, it's like, you know, it's not just like these wayward passes into nowhere. It's like, oh, I see what they're trying to do there, but like Son mistimed his run, or they hit the pass too hard, or you know, 
he couldn't control the ball. Like in a lot of ways, like I like I kind of see where Conte's coming from, and like, no, this works. You just have to fucking do it better. Like, I mean, obviously he's got to be a better coach than that, but there is a level at which I do understand that because I do think. Like you said, Ben, like, I think you could see it. It's just, like, it's not happening for one reason or another. It's, like, something – and it's not always the same thing. just keeps breaking down somewhere in the transition. And it's just irritating to watch. And, obviously, like, you know, you have a better passer. You have a more control of your midfield. I mean, there's things that, you know, they could probably do to address these issues. But even so, it feels like it's close. Even with all the things that we feel like they could be doing better, like – it does feel like, well, if that pass was weighted more, if that reception was better, if he hit a shot in a little bit, you know, if he kept that shot down a little bit, like, it doesn't feel far away. Right. I mean, especially today, like, two two crosses bounced off of Kane's body inches from the goal. And, you know, another day, it's up 2-0 early on, and we're not having this conversation. Well, in the we're, first we're pleased minutes. with the response to, you know, the Arsenal loss and – we all feel better. In the first 10 minutes, they had a set piece where Son hits this perfectly curled pass that, like, three Spurs players had a shot at getting the ball in the net and just missed them for some reason. Like, Romero and Kane both couldn't get a leg on it. And, you know, that doesn't show up in XG, but it's just, ugh, it's, it's irritating to watch. And I, I don't think it's because we're bad. It's because I think we're so close to being good and we can't quite execute it. Yeah. I mean, I guess the thing we have to comfort ourselves with is, like Ben said, it's you know, twenty percent of the way through the season, you know, we're third in the table. We still have a pretty reasonable chance of getting through this Champions League group if we put it together. I, I think the thing that I think all of us are frustrated by uh, is that just like like Greg said, it's like it's it's here. It's like we're you know misplaying one pass or whatever. It, it but like, what are we doing to fix that? Is my question. Like, like if, you know, you know that, oh, hey, we're having issues executing this at the end. And like Greg said, you can't just like to be a world class manager, your solution can't just be do what I say, but do it better. Like there has to be some level of analysis and problem identification here. But there's also like you look at how Sun's playing and like, I don't fucking know what you I mean, other than like stop sucking <laughs> yeah like, but i mean like, you bench him and let him come off the bench that worked yeah. really well <laughs> try that again. and i mean look we aren't people that have played football at an elite level and we're not people that manage football at an elite level we're probably in most of our cases i want excuse people... me excuse me i won the champions league with darby and fifa one year so like Speak for yourself, I'm, buddy. I'm really good at football manager. <laughs> That's not the issue. What I'm saying is, like, Antonio Conte is that. Like, he has been an elite-level footballer. He is He is an elite manager. Like, and, and, and look, maybe some of the stuff is just, you know, individual man management stuff that he is doing behind the scene. You know, putting an arm around Son and being like, it's okay, you got this, you know, whatever. I think he should go down the route that his father went down and just do like all out abuse. But like, what he's, he, Antonio Conte is going to do whatever he's going to do. But there's just nothing that we can look at when we watch these games to see a difference. And like the Leicester game was better because Kulisevsky played from the start and, and then son came on and ran against tired legs and, like, that's been our best performance of the season. And so 
I can't think of really any other games that have been particularly good that didn't involve Kulisevsky playing or Harry Kane being outstanding. And if those are our only options for how we're going to be good, like this next period while Kulisevsky is injured or if Kane comes back from the World Cup with something like exhaustion, like it's going to be a long and hard season. We need plans. Do we know how long Kulisevsky is out for? They've said it's only like that he could be ready for this weekend. Okay. Like it's not a, a major thing. Well, he better be because we sure need him. I mean, it would be nice if Cool Chefs would come back and we just instantly whip ass, and that's its own problem, but I'll live with it for the short term. At least Cool Chefs, if, yeah. any, if any player is going to get nice and healthy during the World Cup, it's going to be Cool Chefs. So. Well, and we have, you know, Brighton in a third versus fourth matchup this weekend, so it's a very big match for our season. I will say, you know, to Conte's credit, we keep asking him to try something new, do something different. He did let Brian Heal play for like 15 minutes today, and it was fucking so bad. I feel like that bad. was like targeted at Twitter. That was like that was like a fuck you to Twitter. It's like, all right, you want to see right, something like, different? Fine. Right. It was like, here's what I'm working with, and it ain't pretty. And you know what? Fine. I'm like, maybe I needed to see that to feel a little more sympathetic to what Conte is working with. I am. I was a little perplexed by it because I watched like enough Valencia last year to at least have some feel for what Brian Heal was playing like there. And I mean, keeping in mind it was a border loss team who the guy used to manage Catafe. So you know we're talking about football terrorism on some level here. I saw a perfectly competent winger like that. Like I don't know if he's good enough for Spurs, but like. This is a guy who can play on the wing. Like, I, I'm I'm not sure. He can't do the stuff Kulishevsky can do. You know, maybe it's, like, less than Lucas can do. But, like, I mean, you're talking about a guy who knows how to be, like, a wide forward. That is what I saw, like, for Valencia repeatedly. Like, this is a guy who could play wide forward. Today, it was just, like, he really did look like a headless chicken on the pitch. Like, it just just chasing the ball, like, you know, like, to, to use another animal metaphor, just like a dog chasing a car. It was, like all over the place and no discipline in a way that I found very concerning. He just knew it was his only opportunity to make any kind of impact. I mean, it's, it is, there's an element of like, I can understand why we bought him. Like I, it might not have been a good move, but I can understand why. no at the time, but now that we have Conte who clearly doesn't rate him, like what is he still doing here? Right. He was like, we need him because we don't, we didn't get the signing that we wanted. So we need an extra body. But like, this is not a worthwhile body, clearly. It's the same thing with, like, SAR. And it's just like, why are these guys here other than to take up space on the expanded substitute benches that we have? Like, like they need minutes, man. Like, I mean, especially a guy like SAR. But, like, if these guys are going to be any good, they need to be playing regular football. And, like, if Conte's not going to do it, which I don't necessarily, after today, I'm not sure you can blame him for it. But it's like, if Conte's not going to do it, like, send him to a team that is going to do it. Right. Like I said, I'm not calling for Sar to, like, play significant minutes or start or whatever, but it's just like, I don't know, man. Like, uh, what's our plan? Like, our, our plan can't have been, like, for, for Heal and Sar can't have been hinged on signing one or two other guys because it didn't seem like we were particularly close to signing one or two other guys. So, like, like I don't know. So much of the season already doesn't make sense, but we're only – we're in third, so I'm not going to – 
Yeah, I mean, again, it feels worse than it is, but um, it is what it is. Yeah. We play Brighton I mean, it feels this bad. week. We play who do we do we play Marseille next week or is it no we play we play Frankfurt again next week don't we? Uh yes I don't know is it next week yeah yeah hold on I'm they're next because we've already played Marseille and Sporting if we do it like we go back in reverse order. Yeah, we play Frankfurt again next week, but at home. So I, mean, I think that game will tell you a lot because um, we still have I think we can still control our destiny to some extent in the group. So. I don't know. I would like to see Spurs play well. It would like it would be nice to see a response. I guess they didn't always respond when we wanted them to uh, earlier in the year with Conte, so maybe they'll do it now. I don't know what we're doing this weekend. Like, are we playing Perisic for his like third game in a week at ninety-seven years old? Is I mean, that the plan? I would be I, I would be shocked if Sessegnon starts. I mean, but who plays right back because Royale is suspended, uh, and he said that Doherty still isn't ready. I mean, didn't Doherty play against uh, Arsenal a little bit? So maybe he's I mean, partially he was, ready. He was—he's talking like Doherty isn't ready to put meaningful minutes in. I mean, maybe maybe that's changing, but it, his comments this week didn't seem to indicate that is not a. Ah, uh, Jed Spence, right wing back. I mean, it's one of those things. On the one hand, fuck it, why not? On the other hand, after looking at heel today, it's there is a little bit of my brain. It's like, well. Can we can we re, uh, recall Destiny Udoge from his loan and then play Udoge, um, play Sessegnon and Udogi on opposite wings? Isn't isn't Udogi a um, a left back? Yeah, yep. So they're Sessignon, all left backs. Se, yeah, everybody's left back. Sessegnon <laughs> plays right le, right wing back, and then Udogi plays left. Sessegnon plays right left back. Yep, Udogi right plays left, back. left left back. Perisic <laughs> plays forward left back. We got it. And Regulon is just sitting in the stands. So, uh, yeah, no, I don't know. I, I don't know what we're going to do. I, it, it seems like he doesn't think Doherty's ready, but maybe we're going to find – maybe Doherty's not going to have a choice. So, we'll find out. I have no idea. It should be interesting. So, on that note, I think it's time to wrap it up. Ben, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Pandora at Comrade Uspers. And uh, Brian, where can people find you tweeting about uh, unobtainium and blue penises? Hair sex, not. Sorry, no... sorry, sorry. This is a Watchman, Greg. <laughs> There's no penis in an avatar. Come on. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Brian underscore Ashlock. That is Brian with a Y. You can find me on Twitter at Skipjack0079. And don't forget to follow Ben's avatar roleplay account on Mastodon. Um... Which, you know, you're going to have to find the name for yourself hidden in the show. Uh, no, but, couldn't finish the joke. Couldn't nah, finish the joke. Couldn't there, finish right? the joke. Couldn't finish the joke. Um, unobtain, unobtain, at Unobtainium. I don't know. what is it ats on, t- on Mastodon, Ben? Going back to the well. Yeah. So you got to watch Avatar again and really polish up your oh. material. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Well, you know, you all know about polishing things while you watch Avatar, don't you, Ben? Um, for Ben, for yeah, Brian, and for uh, Brett Rainbow, I've been your host, Greg. Um, I don't know. Ben, what's the catchphrase for Avatar? I mean, catchphrase. What's, what's the, it's what's, not a what do they put movie. on the what Come on, on, you blue people. What do they put on? <laughs> what they, you can't obtain this unobtainium. <laughs> <laughs> There's no slogan on this poster that you've got tattooed somewhere on your body, Ben? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Okay. Uh, let's. No, we have to know this. Okay. <laughs> the yeah. avatar right. tagline? Yeah, what's yeah, the avatar tagline? I wonder who's still listening to this. Um... <laughs> 
enter the world of Pandora. <laughs> I'll go. bet you do, man. I'll bet you do. An all-new world awaits. An all-new world awaits. Who will play right back? An all-new world awaits. Well, on that note, it is finally time to go. Come on, you Spurs. <laughs>